Hello, and welcome back to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. We are three film and television writers who are here to talk to you guys about breaking into the industry as writers and our experiences so that you can hopefully learn the easy way what we learned the hard way or the harder way. So we're super excited to talk about this week's subject. What is a TV writer's room? Hannah and Jess, you guys are both in writer's rooms right now so you seem like you're in a super great position to discuss you know like what's the makeup and and how does it work and who's in it and how is all the magic made there is a pretty clear hierarchy we start with the support staff and support staff we have the writer's pa the writer's pa does everything from get coffee to help out with office supplies and just basically do whatever uh the showrunner or any of the eps or any of the writers need them to do then you move on to the showrunner's assistant who is solely there to help the showrunner usually to help them take calls field calls from department heads and producers and whoever and then you move on to the writer's assistant the writer's assistant uh, gets to sit in on the writer's room and they take notes. Basically anything of note that is said during the writer's room, during the discussion of the story or the episode for that day, the writer's assistant takes down. And then at the end of the day, the writer's assistant will sort of go through the notes, clean them up, and then publish them so that all the writers have something to refer back to later that night or the next day or weeks down the line when the showrunner is like, hey, remember that pitch like three weeks ago when we talked about bananas? And then you can be like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that one. And the writer's assistant, the banana pitch, of course. And then they go back and then they can search through their notes. From there, you have the script coordinator. The script coordinator's job is to, well, to deal with scripts, to proof scripts, to make sure that all the formatting is correct, to keep track of dates and times and making sure that the scripts are sent out to the right people. And then we move on to the lower level. Lower level writers, right. So the staff writer is the lowest, I guess, on the totem pole of the hierarchy. The staff writer is sort of the the new person in the room and a little bit greener than everyone, but also comes in with the fresh ideas and excitement. And um, that's what I was until a couple weeks ago. And now I am at story editor level. Go (laughs) Hannah! (laughs) Very exciting. (laughs) It's pretty hard to make that jump. uh, So I was pretty, pretty stoked to get that promotion. And then the next level from there is the executive story editor. And then I believe we're into mid-level. I don't actually know where this distinction is made, uh, Jess. Mid-level starts with co-producer and then moves on to producer and then ends with supervising producer. And so this mid-tier of writer just means that you hopefully have enough experience to A, know your way around the writer's room. Hopefully you have enough set experience that you'll know when you're writing an episode, how not to write it so that it breaks the budget. Your job as a producing level writer is to, well, A, produce your episode, but also B, the mid-level writer has a bit more experience to flush out some of the, the issues that a story might have, but at the same time, this lacks some of the experience of, let's say, an upper-level writer. And the upper-level writers are co-executive producer, and then executive producer, and finally, showrunner. These are the big guys. These are what you want to get to as a TV writer. When you're at that level, you are the one, two, and three of a room. The show really falls heavily on your shoulders. The showrunner is the person who all these other people from writers PA up to, honestly, executive producers are executing the showrunner's vision for the show. And the showrunner doesn't just run the writer's room, but is also top dog when it comes to production and post-production. It's it's the, the big kahuna, the do-everything job. 
Um, and so like those other high level writers are able to probably step in because the showrunner can't be anywhere. It can't be everywhere at the same time. So when Jess says that someone's a, you know, two or three in the room, that means like if the showrunner is not there, then the number two person's in charge and is running the room. And if that person's not there, then the number three is running the room. For me, it's like, okay, what you want to do as a writer is you want to move up these different levels, right? Because as you move up the different levels, it is a symbol of how much more experience and knowledge you have and what you can contribute to a writer's room. The goal is to get to the top level, which is co-EP, EP, and showrunner. I feel like at the low level, it's sort of like a learning uh, stage. You're trying to learn as much as you can. You're trying to be as helpful as you can. You're trying to contribute as much as you can. And you're also trying to learn the politics of the room as best you can. And at the mid-level, I think it's assumed that you have your feet under you a little bit, but you're still, it is, it's a strange phase between like moving from a learning stage to assuming more responsibility. And finally, when you get up to the upper level, it's like you fully know how to handle yourself and to handle other writers beneath you in a writer's room. And at the upper level, you basically have the full responsibility of the show and the showrunner's expectations upon you. You know, I wonder, because I, I like what you said about how lower level writers, like you're really, you're learning how to right in the room, right? Like that's kind of your focus is you're the relative newbie. And the expectation is just that you be focusing on how to be the best writer for the room that you can. And then you get up to that mid-level. It's assumed that you've mastered that writing part, you know, not that you're a perfect writer, but that you know how to write for a room. And now you're starting to learn producing so that when you get to the upper levels, you are fully competent in both. I don't know if that's how it actually works, but that's kind of how I would like it to work. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And every show is different too. So what you were saying, Jess, about, you know, how the responsibilities and sort of what's expected of you, that can change from show to show. So I I assume I've been on the same show staff writer that I now am a story editor. And so a lot of my learning curve wasn't only how to write for television and how to pitch ideas. It was how to pitch for this particular room and how to write for this particular show. When you move over to a different show and you go from lower level to mid-level, then the expectations might be totally different on that show as far as what's expected of you in that role and how much experience you might have. So there's always learning (laughs) to be done. Yes, I totally agree with that. I moved, let's see, I've moved between a couple of different shows now. And each time I move, the showrunner's expectation of me and of my responsibility within my level always changes. That's something that you have to understand going into any writer's room is that you are there to cater to the showrunner's preference. You're not there to like make the show in your own image. You're there to serve somebody else's vision. One of the other things I wanted to clarify specifically for the position of staff writer, is it that you don't get a script fee uh, unlike all the other levels? Yes. That is a big distinction. You will get credit on your episode, of course, and you get a weekly salary, but you don't get a script fee, which you know is a pretty substantial sum for writing. It's an additional fee on top of your weekly salary for your specific episode. That doesn't kick in until you become story editor. Yeah, my understanding is this is a leftover from the system of decades ago in which a staff writer position very much was a trainee position. Mm-hmm. It's good to know if you are to get a job as a staff writer, don't expect to be paid specifically for the script you write. You, you just get your weekly salary. While it is true that a staff writer doesn't get an episodic fee, doesn't get a fee for their episode, if you write more than three episodes, then you get a fee for your fourth which is something that happened to two writer friends of mine. They're a writing team and they were asked to write three scripts. They didn't get a fee for any of them. And they didn't get a fourth script because I think they knew they would have to pay them. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right. 
Maybe let's talk a little more about these support staff positions, because that really is the clearest way to break into television writing to get one of these super cool, you know, executive story editor or co-executive producer. Like you have to, a lot of times people start with these positions. And so I don't know about you guys, but I get, I get this question a lot of like, how do I break into TV writing through the writer's room? What are all these different jobs? I have, I think I've been technically a showrunner's assistant writer's PA and writer's assistant all at some point. Um, I you early were going to say all career. at the same time. Like, oh, <laughs> Not no. at the same time. But uh, actually, I have been writer's assistant and script coordinator at the same time. And uh, that's a lot of work. Um, those are two separate jobs. So the writer's PA, that's definitely where you want to start. And I think a lot of you know, young writers might think, well, that's like the lowest level position. It's going to take forever to get to, to ESE or to get to producer. But the great thing about TV is the seasons are fairly short compared to other assistant jobs where you're expected to do at least a year on a desk or two or even three years on a desk before you can move up to your next position. Writer's PA, like you might be on a show that the room is only open. It could be a mini room and it's only a few, you know, six to eight weeks or it's um, even six to eight months. But still after that, you can move on to another show and you can work your way up relatively quickly. So my experience of a writer's PA is that They're in charge of the food. That seems to be their most important job, right? If we look at like the day-to-day of a writer's room, you come in and people make breakfast and all that and like all the grocery shopping, all of the lunch orders and dinner orders if it's late, like basically the, the writer's PA keeps the office running in that sense, like supplies and errands and stuff like that, assisting the script coordinator and actually distributing scripts. That seems to be all within their purview. I have a friend who was a PA until very recently, and she said her most important job of the day is lunch, making sure that you have the orders exactly right. And writers are picky, so there'll be a ton of substitutions and like changes to their order. So making sure to get the food on time exactly when uh, the showrunner says it's time for lunch. I know it's a terrible thing, but yeah, writer's PA is very much judged on like their lunch delivery. Can they do a good job? And it's like, just like anything else, the fastest way to someone's heart is through their stomach. So if you do a good job and you get somebody their food on time, they're going to be so happy. I mean, I've been a, a PA and when you show up and you remember that they also like their tea a certain way and you bring the writer that thing, you've just gotten so many brownie points. Now that I am on the other side of that as a writer, if the writer's PA has like gotten my lunch order correct, I'm so happy because I look I look forward to lunch. It's like the bright spot of my day every day. But it is hard. It's also, I'm not saying it's easy. Being in charge of lunch can be a nightmare. You have to park and you possibly are parking illegally and you're running in <laughs> and getting, you know, checking the order right there and you could spill in your car. I can't tell you guys how many times I have spilled food or dressing or someone's coffee in my car (laughs) um, or gotten a parking ticket because I was parked illegally picking up food. It can be a nightmare, but you get the hang of it and talk to other PAs and you'll get a lot of nice tips and tricks. I love that. So then Sharoner's assistant, what does the day of a showrunner's assistant kind of look like? I haven't actually done this job. I was an EP's assistant when I worked for Zach Penn early, early when I started working for him, he had created a show called Alphas, but he wasn't the showrunner, but he still it was pretty much probably about the same job. And it depends on the showrunner. Some showrunners don't have you do any personal work. Some that's kind of the majority of your job is because <laughs> showrunners are so busy. I don't know how they sleep. But having the time to like 
deal with registering everything from, you know, your car and or in like your taxes and coordinating all these other things that you have in your personal life while also running a show. The showrunner's assistant sometimes will will step in and help out with things like that. But mostly the job is taking calls and scheduling meetings and reminding the showrunner that they have a call or a meeting coming up. Basically, you're the gatekeeper for the showrunner and their time. Everyone wants a piece of them. Everyone has a question that has to be answered now. And it's your job to give the showrunner the space he or she needs in order to, you know, do the writing, to do the job that is in front of them at the moment. Yeah. And another big part of that job is reading. So, when you're working for a showrunner assistant, you might work for them re- year round, not just when the room is going, which is great because it's a little more job security. But, you know, in between when the writer's room is operating, which might just be a couple months out of the year or might be, I don't know, our, our room goes for about 11 months out of the year. But then near the end of the season, gearing up for the next season, the showrunner's assistant is usually the one who reads all the samples and then passes the good ones to their boss. You have to be good at like reading scripts and and deducing this writer has a great voice. Their voice would be great for the show. They have some experience in this genre clearly. So it's kind of a cool position because you get to make the call about who makes the cut, who's good enough to, to pass up to your boss. And you definitely don't want to read a script that you think is great, but your boss is probably going to hate. So <laughs> that takes a while to learn to learn their taste, but that's a big part of the job. I think the best thing about a showrunner's job is that you have the ear of the showrunner. That showrunner, you know, he, he or she is running the room and the writer's assistant is in the room and we'll get to them in a second and what the advantage to that position is. But when you're the showrunner's assistant and your showrunner really likes you, they'll read you, they'll help you, and they're the most powerful person in your kind of sphere. And regarding whether or not the job lasts beyond the season of the show, so showrunner assistants are paid through someone else. Like it's rare for a showrunner to actually just pay an assistant out of their own pocket. The show, the assistant comes either in for the contract for either the show or for an overall deal or something like that. So like if your showrunner has an overall deal at say Universal, then they always get an assistant. But if the showrunner is just doing the show, then they get the assistant for the show. Yeah. And then the next level up from there would be the writer's assistant, a very, very, very important job to the writers. Because when you're a writer in a room for eight to 10 hours a day or more, having to keep in your head, what are the good ideas? What went through? What landed? What did we like? What do we want to build on tomorrow? What are the writers going to need to reference later that night who are on the episode that we are talking about today? They're going to need to look at those notes and see, what are we going with? What are the stories that we like? And the job of the writer's assistant is not just to get everything down that we talked about that day, but make it clear what we landed on. What are the beats that we're going to do for this story? What is What are the stories we're telling? It's such a hard job. You're like listening and, you know, kind of consolidating the information all at once and taking all these notes. So you have to really be paying attention and being engaged with the room. And this also depends on what room you're in. If you're in a room where sometimes the writer's assistant is expected to just type, just sort of listen and type and not um, contribute because they're not a writer. But sometimes you end up in a room where it's encouraged that the writer's assistant talk and you really, there's like really no way of knowing. I guess you can ask 
if you're a writer's assistant going out for a job and you're meeting with a showrunner, you can ask better to know than to shoot yourself in the foot, metaphorically speaking. I know that I was too nervous to ask when I had my writer's assistant interview, you know, whether they wanted someone to just type or wanted somebody who was kind of also going to contribute. And I'd had a lot of experience as a writer's assistant in features up to that point. And so I felt pretty confident in my story sense, but I knew I wasn't like a writer and I wasn't going to go in there acting like I was one of the writers or anything. So my first day, I could tell the group of writers were, were really chill and just very supportive and very nice to me and to all the support staff. And so I felt comfortable when they were stuck on an idea, they couldn't figure out what, what's the solution to this problem. And I just, I just went for it. I just threw it out there and they all stared at me and I thought, I'm being fired tomorrow. (laughs) What did I do? Why did I open my mouth? And they looked at each other and they were like, that's a great idea. And then they just ran with it. And so from then on, I kind of, I could tell that I had the green light to contribute when I actually had something. It's important that as a writer's assistant or as a script coordinator, if you were, if you were as a script coordinator, get to sit in on the room, you don't talk more than the writer's. Even if you think you have the bestest ideas all the time, just save your juiciest ones, launch them at the correct moment when there are quite like gaps and silences, but don't over talk the actual writers in the room because I think that could create some resentments and the showrunner might pull you aside later and be like, what are you doing? You have been hired as the writer's assistant and not a writer. It's a good position to hopefully become a writer, but yeah, you need to really understand your place in the hierarchy. As with writer's PA, the most important part being the food for a writer's assistant being able to type fast. A big part of your job is like you're kind of like a stenographer and you need to be able to keep up. So the best thing I can recommend for anyone who wants to be a writer's assistant is just to practice your typing, get really fast and then put that number on your resume. Sometimes you are expected to transcribe. And so that's another thing just to ask if you get an interview on a show, say, do you guys want like a full on transcript or do you want me to only write down sort of the things you land on? Our writer's assistant writes down every word we say. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> it's insane. So our notes are like 50, 60 pages. Yeah. Ours, ours do too. They sometimes they want things word for word. And they'll and what she will do is when the showrunner says something, she'll bold that in the notes. Smart. She sounds like a very good writer's assistant. She's awesome. The thing about the writer's assistant is that I think in many ways it is the hardest job in the room. It's exhausting because A, you have to be paying attention, very focused all the time. You have to be writing all the time. And at the end of the day, when all the writers get to go home, you have to spend another couple of hours cleaning up the notes and making sure everything is legible and that you didn't miss anything or you know some parts might be unclear and then send them out before the day ends. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's exhausting. It's long hours. So our listeners might be thinking, why would I want this exhausting, seemingly thankless job? Well, you learn so much. There's no substitute for actually being in a writer's room versus like any other job where you get a lot of experience, but you're not actually seeing how story is broken. That is such an incredible learning experience that if you get the opportunity to be a writer's assistant, just know it's going to be, you know, a couple months to a year of really hard work and really long hours, but your writing will improve and your pitching skills will improve and you'll just know the way a room operates. So you have a huge leg up when you are going out to be a writer. Shall we talk about the script coordinator? Talk about thankless. It's the job that everyone thinks is easier than it is. You have to learn all the ins and outs of final draft. You have to deal with, you know, script problems as they come up and you are responsible for the blueprint of the episode. So when you publish the script, you're like the last person that vets it and make sure there is no typo that every 
I is dotted and every T is crossed because if it goes out and there's a mistake, every single person on the crew sees it. And so if like something says off screen and it's actually they're supposed to be on camera, then they're going to direct that. These are mistakes that the writers make, but it's your job to catch them. So you're kind of like that final gatekeeper. It's a lot of responsibility. And then publishing the drafts, there's a whole process to it. But the basic overview is it's it's also a tough job. But the, but the good thing is you can have a lot of time during the day to work on your old stuff because you're kind of there waiting around until they send it to you at 645 and it needs to go out by you know, 7.59 on the dot. So the executives and everybody gets it at 8 p.m. So you're kind of like, okay, waiting, 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 and then, you know, oh God, work oh God, on your oh God, own oh stuff. God. And then, oh my God, oh my God, I got to <laughs> hurry up and do this. So it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you distribute the scripts to everyone. I get stressed out when I have to send an email to multiple people that's work-related. You have to send this email to everyone on the show. You are the person who is distributing the script to everyone who needs it. And like Hannah said, you are like the last bastion of like attention to detail, you know, like it falls on you. Script Tornado to me has always been like a very technical job that is technically higher than a writer's assistant, but is maybe slightly less valuable to someone who wants to, you know, get that promotion to staff writer. Why don't we talk about really quickly the differences between comedy rooms and drama rooms as best we can as all drama writers. I've just I've heard that comedy rooms tend to be bigger and tend to be even more collaborative than drama rooms, you know, like that people are just throwing out jokes for episodes and they're kind of writing the episode in the room a lot more than drama rooms do. One of my rooms was a dramedy room and the room was I would say two-thirds comedy writers. And they they was just a different energy to the comedy writers than there was to the drama writers. It very much was incredibly collaborative. It was last joke wins. Everyone was trying to just find the perfect joke, keep honing the joke, honing the joke, honing the joke. The drama writers I noticed tended to be more focused on the like let's talk about like the overarching thing for this character, like sort of like the longer theme for the season. And the comedy writers were more focused on like how do we make every moment of this episode sizzle. I had friends who are in comedy rooms and they say that the hours are very different as well. They say in comedy rooms, like it's not uncommon to stay until like one or two in the morning. That it's also very common for the writers' rooms to be broken off into like breakout rooms to write to like break two different episodes at the same time because a lot of comedies are episodic. But again, I, I don't have... Uh, I've never been in a comedy room, so I can't say this is from personal experience. I worked in a dramedy room for a while, just like Jess, and there was that kind of last joke wins. You know, in a dramedy room, you get the structural elements of a drama and kind of the fast-paced collaboration of a comedy room. That is our hierarchy of the writer's room and what is a writer's room, and uh, I hope you guys found it useful. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Again, we are the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. You can email us, and we would love to hear your questions and thoughts. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about some of the things we covered, you have more specific questions or want tips about these various support staff jobs, um, you know, send us an email or, or hit us up on Twitter and we will try to answer your guys' questions. Our Twitter handle is at Untitled Female and we will see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.